Welcome to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. Join Dr. Allison House of House Dental in Scottsdale and Sean Zayas, founder of Zana, a company helping dentists extend their care beyond the chair as they lead dentists deeper along the journey of authenticity to reach greater fulfillment in their professional lives and to deliver remarkable patient experiences. At the core of the authentic dentist is a belief that the answer to the current challenges in dentistry is dentists discovering that their greatest asset and point of differentiation is their personal brand and that forming that brand out of their authentic selves is the best strategy for success in dentistry today. So this podcast is brought to you by Zana. And Zana makes electric toothbrushes, but it's more than that. They have a program that'll grow your practice with their electric toothbrushes. Hey guys, this is Sean and Allison with the Authentic Dentist Podcast. And today, again, we're always excited about what we're going to share with you guys and uh, just the conversation we're going to have. And today it's about change and not just like having, making sure that your team knows how to be on board with that change, but also as a leader, how to be part of leading that change. And this was brought about how? Well, it was, it was brought about by Mark, my husband and I, having a conversation. He uh, put some software in his business. He's in a lawyer, and his team is not happy about it. And I can totally relate because there's been many times when I've bought new technology, implemented a new system, and my team is not happy about making that change. So software change, um, how long ago did this happen? Um, it's been about three weeks, and they're still struggling with it. Because it's new technology. I mean, it's it's an upgrade. I was going to say, I'm guessing the reason why there was this change in Switch is because it's supposed to help with either some efficiency or to make things better. But in that tension of changing and learning... You go slower, which is painful. It's a setback. Yeah. And I mean, we've all done this, where you go to some show and you learn some new technique, you buy something new... And then you get back and you're excited. You've purchased it, so you've poured money into it. And then your team is like, oh, no, there's no reason to change. I'm so happy with just what we were doing before. And they'll just resist. So is this at one of those points where it's like, do we double down and stick with it? Like, is he even questioning whether going back? Or is it just like, we're still going to do it? Like, what, like, where, I guess, is he at even with, like, hopes? Well, we were just talking about that. But I think that... The reality is you can't just sit in the past. And so often in all aspects of our life, we just want to sit in the past and we don't want to move forward because it's painful. Growth is painful. But you have to. When I taught students, I would always say, you know, you never want to be the guy that's putting silver points in root canals. And that's something they did in the 70s. We don't do that anymore. But if you you don't allow yourself to grow and change, you're that guy and you don't want to be. You know, I I can understand, like, there's a lot of um, just complexity to business. And sometimes like when you feel like you have a grasp on something, it's like, Hey, I have that freedom to maybe conquer something else or figure out something, but it feels like you never really get a grasp on every aspect of your practice or something. Right. Cause things are just changing so much. So I get why sometimes it's like, Oh, do we need to revisit like the accounting software we use? Cause now there's the cloud, you know, now I can access it from my phone and, when I'm going on trips, I can expense things easier. Or, or do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure sometimes it's difficult of like, 
we do, I remember when we figured that out like five, six years ago, but, but there are certain aspects of technology where it's like, yeah, but if you don't embrace it, you fall behind. You fall behind. And I'm not sure I like to be an early adopter. I've done that before and been burned where there were just lots of bugs in the system. So I, I don't really do that anymore, but I never want to be the last one to change either. You know, I wonder even like categorically, like how that's different though. Like, so when it comes to like social networks, I don't know, sometimes when it comes to like influencers, they want to be the one that like, look, I knew this was going to work. But if they double down and go in on it and it doesn't work, they look like fools, right? So like, like sometimes it, it's like for social media things, everyone wants to be the one that's like, like Clubhouse. Are you familiar with Clubhouse? I am. And it's like, is it here to stay? But see, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think that you look like a fool when you try something new. I think it's brave. You go in, sometimes things don't work, but you always learn every single time. Sometimes you just got to be brave and yeah, it didn't work out. Moving on. I think that's really a great perspective to have. Now, maybe it's a little harder when it, it's like, let's say it is technology. So it's something that's like promising some breakthrough when it comes to, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I can, like maybe 3D printing, for example. Hey, this is going to revolutionize. You can print dentures and you can add new services that otherwise you couldn't have and it can be way more affordable. And it's like, if you're an early adopter on that, I think you still are brave, but maybe it's like, well, at what expense though, you know? Some people love to be that though, to advertise that they're doing something new and different. And somebody has to work through the bugs. I mean, someone has to make those, those adjustments and tell our techs what we need and what we don't need. So yeah, it's brave. I, I don't like to be the one that loses the money anymore. <laughs> but I, I, again, I'm not going to be an early adopter, but I'm not going to wait to the end either. So right now you get back from a show and you're excited. Like you're really excited about something. And then you find yourself three, three weeks in, just like Mark, your husband, and his team's feeling a little, little uneasy about it. What do you do? I think there's a couple things to do. First of all, I think you as the leader of the team has got to, you've got to like prep them. You've got to like share the vision of moving forward. And sometimes I think you have to talk about how you're building you know, we learned from this, we're going to keep building so that because the past is a little more tangible than the future. You can say, you know, we did this and it was good and we learned. So there's a, a getting your team on board part of it. And then I think there's getting yourself on board. So you've got to give yourself some grace that you're going to mess up. And that stinks. I hate messing up, but you're, you're going to make a mistake. And that's just part of learning. And you got to give your team some grace to make the mistake too. I think that's hard on them. They don't like to mess up. They don't like to disappoint you. And the third thing I think is you just got to keep going, just keep plowing through. I call it brute force. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you just got to do some brute force and keep going and never give up. What do you, I mean, you're having a huge boom in your business and you must be having a lot of expansion and growing. Yeah, I mean, before I talk to any of that like you're just a natural leader like the fact that that just comes to you so automatic that it starts with vision and knowing that it's like if you paint that picture like you just said so naturally and the past is tangible so it's like when you acknowledge you know what guys like we tried in the past with this and even though it didn't really work out like we wanted like look what we learned like that just unites and it gets people to have understanding and 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just, you are such an inspiring dentist, Allison, and leader that, um, yeah, I don't know. Just thank you for sharing that. Like you just put it together so succinctly. You're always so kind, but I would say that's not natural. This is years of working on mindset and being very frustrated with things and trying to figure it out. Probably when I retire, I'll have all the answers. So I'll, I'll give it to you then. So I know you asked me some questions, but before that, you actually did some pretty crazy stuff leading in the past 12 months, even in the midst of a pandemic. Do you want to talk about any of that stuff and just like with your team? I mean, lab well, specialists, any? Well, I, I think we all went through a lot. But you grew. We did. We grew. And I had to just, I had to take a step back because we were closed for six weeks. We only saw emergencies during that time. And that was scary, but it's interesting that I had been praying for some time. That wasn't what I wanted, but I was given some time. And I decided I was just going to change my practice into what I wanted. And that's been very successful to just make some of these changes. I made phone calls. We bought equipment. And it was frightening, but I knew that the pandemic would end at some point. So, and I was hoping it wouldn't be a zombie apocalypse kind of ending. <laughs> I, was, I was counting on that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I remember in the early days of the pandemic, you know, there's the prognosticators that are like, you know, this is going to be forever. And other people are like, nah, it's just going to come and blow over. And it's like, well, now we're, I don't know, what are we, like 16 months in? Or is it more just like a year? Because it was sure. like officially, I think it was April of last year when like the shutdown started. Yeah. Yeah. So we're right about a year. 12 months. Seems like it's still going strong. Um, but what does that mean? I mean... We knew that dentistry would not be closed forever because that simply isn't possible. Right. That at some point we would have to open. We didn't know what that would look like, but we knew we had to open. So you could kind of bank on that. Well, you know, um, I just went to that event, Smiles at Sea, and one of the things that I ended up sharing was I really feel like if there was one profession that would have gotten completely taken out. Now, I was joking in the speech that you could also have said the cruise industry and Elijah, you know, uh, Smiles at Sea, is in the cruise industry and that completely did get like shut down, you know, because cruises weren't going anywhere. But aside from cruises, it would have been dentistry. Like you, you're the ones that are there at the highest risk to be close to a patient in their mouth where this is spreading through aerosols. And yet I realized like COVID actually gave dentistry a gift. And that is that dentists realize you guys are way more adaptive way more innovative and way more resilient than I think you guys even knew. It's true. It's true. Like it was remarkable. You guys pivoted. You figured out what had to be done. And yeah, so yes, COVID I think might've, you know, was very difficult, but those that overcame realized, wow, if we can get through that and the uncertainty, like the lack of, I don't know. I just feel like everyone pulled together and I saw it on the Facebook groups. They just tried to help each other out. Like, what do we do when everyone was just being collaborative? And I saw how strong dentists, not just dentists are, but how strong dentistry is right now. And it was really inspiring to see. I think so too. All right. Now you still have to talk about your business. Okay. <laughs> so I was trying to get away from, away with that. Um, yeah. So right now, a lot of, a lot of growth is happening and that means that we're experiencing change at a very, um, very high rate, you know. Um, so if you all don't know, Sean sells electric toothbrushes, but he has a program where you 
sell the electric toothbrush to a patient, but then you get the electric toothbrush heads every six months. So it's this ability to bring patients in. It's wonderful. I don't know if I summarized that right. Well, so just super quick, like the electric toothbrush model, the way it currently exists, I just felt like it was kind of broken. Like the idea of let me rep great brushes or will be Sonicare. But at the same time, it's like I'm giving, I'm having to spend a lot of money on inventory. It doesn't have my name on it. And at the end of the day, I'm telling my patient it's a good deal. But when they go to Costco or Amazon on the weekend, they feel like they got ripped off because they could have got two for the same price. So I'm like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, how is that a good deal? So yeah, with, with Zana, you don't sell electric toothbrushes anymore. You enroll your patients in your own office care program, care beyond the chair, and they receive a $200 um, electric toothbrush, our brush, the Seasonic Pro, and we imprint, well, we private label your name, practice name, phone number, website on it. And then every time your patient comes back for routine hygiene visits, you get to give them free replacement heads for life. So that, the whole reason why we created this was, A, we wanted it to be like, little bit of a disruptive model that just it didn't just help the patient it helps the practice and ultimately it's about raising the standard of care in the profession which is really what dentistry is committed to right um so yes yes i'm very i'm proud of it i'm super excited about it um and the reception we're getting right now is through the roof that's the cool thing (laughs) yeah so you're about you're on the brink of just an explosion People are really wanting to buy these toothbrushes and get them into their offices. It's so exciting. But this is a lot of growth for you because you've got to, you have to have the inventory. Right. So this is like the, the tension of when you have an idea and it turns into a business and you're wondering whether you sell finance or whether you get investment, the curve that you're looking at, if you're looking at like an X, Y axis and two intersecting lines, one of them is time, one of them is money. So as time goes up, money, it doesn't cost a lot. So it costs lots of my time and my team's time to do things, but we're saving money because we're doing it all on our own. That's bootstrapping, trying to figure it out because you, you don't have a lot of resources. But then when you get in this, this opportunity to really scale and get to market fast once people know about you and they want you to be able to fulfill this demand, you have to play on the other side, which is things have to be done very quick and you have to throw a lot of money at it. <laughs> so... Um, it's just an interesting, even change, like culturally, like thankfully my team is ready and it goes back to what you're saying. We cast the vision and we say, Hey, look, we have labored so hard for where we're at and now things have opened up and we're going to take advantage of this opportunity. And I need to know, like, I already know like the team that I can trust, but we're hiring, we're bringing more people on. And that's the main thing. Are you a, can we trust you? And B, are you willing to be part of a team that is going to have to adapt, going to have to embrace change because then I know we can keep growing and we can grow at the speed we need to, to stay competitive. This is the same thing happening in dental offices, hiring people that you can trust, empowering them, setting the vision and letting them know that, yeah, we have to be adaptable. I mean, things are changing fast now. We're growing quick and we have to, we have to pivot quick. So that's, that's really cool. Well, if there's anything, so like going to this last event, if there's anything that like was the big takeaway, it's that like dentistry wins when people come together. And it's so fulfilling when you connect with other dental professionals, with other uh, influencers in dentistry. And I don't know, you just, it's no longer like, oh, I'm by myself trying to figure out how to give the best of my patients. That's the old model. Yeah. That's the model we had, we had to work through. And now we're much further than that. 
Because the amount of competition that's in your area code is so like small compared to the vast amount of support in dentistry for collaboration to make something great. And who wins? The practice wins and the patient wins. There's a great need. There's the competition. It's not really competition. There are so many patients that need good work. So we do. We should work together. It's, it's, it's a good model to move forward. So to come back to the change and um, trying to get something in your practice going, coming back from a show, not giving up, we're basically saying like, hey, like you're the leader. If you're the dentist and you're listening to this, you're the leader. And we're just saying like, hey, paint the picture. Your team, if they're, are, if they're there still working for you, they believe in you. And if they've, if they've given up at all because of some past failure, you can just acknowledge that with humility and be like, hey guys, I believe that together we can make this happen. And watch how they come alongside. Believe in the vision that you're casting and get this new change implemented in your practice. Thank you for listening to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. To join Allison and Sean on this journey, hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Here's to your success. Express yourself fully. Live authentic. Live authentic.